welcome back to Superfancast. My name is Chris and this is Season 1, Interlude 6. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you had a great Christmas. Another exciting interlude for you today, I think you're going to like. Exciting news, though, is that we do have a couple of full-length episodes coming your way. So just to give you an idea of the uh, schedule for the coming weeks, we've got the rest of Jan, Feb and beginning of March. We are going to fill that with... We've got two full-length episodes and um, a host of uh, of interludes that are all great fun. Uh, a few guest hosts for a few of those episodes as well. Uh, and then I'm going to take a short break, uh, just, just a month, and then season two will start beginning of April with Matt once he's back on dry land. So that's really exciting and uh, really exciting that we've, we're still going. It's 2022 and we're still doing this. So that's brilliant. Thank you, everyone who's listened to us and supported us. Since we started back in June last year, I think, is when we when we released the first couple of episodes. Anyway, uh, enough of that. That's that's something to look forward to. I must admit, the festive season has thrown off my listening habits a little bit. Christmas was full on. Nothing good came out for about two weeks in December as well, which didn't help. So my, my listening to new music kind of halted. And with the festive season, you tend to just have festive music playing on in the background a lot. And we're doing a lot with the kids and family, and and so the the opportunities to sit down and really absorb some music is uh, they're they're a little few and far between. First week of January uh, has been looking much better for new music, though, and I have been checking out a few good records that I'm sure we'll get to in in, in perhaps the next episode once I've had a bit more time to listen. And you'll obviously be seeing a few new releases being reviewed in those uh, New Music Friday reviews on the Superfancast blog. I've been listening to, this last week though, Median, uh, Median's Relief, his record from 2007. For those who aren't familiar with him, I will forgive you for that because I don't think he was ever that that big. Yeah, Median was, um, I say was because I'm not sure what he's doing now, but we'll get to that. He was a rapper from North Carolina around the, well, early noughties. Uh, he was in the collective Justice League but uh, he released this this solo record. Uh, I think he had a I think he had a solo record before this. He didn't release a lot of music anyway. But but this this record here, uh, Medians Relief, came out two thousand seven, and then I think he had a second album in two thousand fourteen. But that one I can't stream it on Spotify, and Spotify is my streaming platform of choice. So yeah, I'm stuck with just this one. But anyway, I don't know what happened to him. This is a really solid album. Uh, and I, I wish he'd continued making music. I really like his subject matter and his rhyming style is very unexpected. On his subject matter, it's just very different to a lot of other music that was that was coming out around that time. There's nothing gangster about it. There's nothing nothing bling. You know, that, the whole bling rap that was, was happening around that time. Um, I think it was starting around that time. Uh, and he absolutely wasn't a part of that. But, you know, it's easy to to dismiss him on the first listen I think because he's got a very upbeat buoyant kind of vocal quality and at times fairly tongue-in-cheek lyrics he's yeah he is he's a bit jokey at times and so then it's it's easy to at that first listen just kind of write him off as perhaps not taking it too seriously a bit amateur but then if you really listen his rhyming is is pretty advanced and and often unpredictable which is what I really love that's what I look for in a rapper I really enjoy listening to his um to his rhyme style and his songs are just, you know, all very unique. It's a it's a really decent length record. It's an hour and oh, it's over an hour, hour and ten minutes or something. So you get 
you know, it, it's going to get plenty of listens. It's not just one or two listens. And there's there's a good number of tracks on there that are all very, you know, it's varied. So yeah, I recommend that. I think I've I think I've rambled a bit about that, haven't I? Set used a lot of words and not said much. But anyway, give it a listen. Median's Relief by Median. Yeah, let me know what you think. I've also been listening to a bit of Led Zeppelin this week, strangely enough. I say strangely enough. I mean, I go through phases of listening to a lot of Led Zeppelin. Robert Plant's been on the radar, I know, because his second record with Alison Grouse came out back in the back end of last year. And I think Led Zepp fans are a little divided on that work. I was talking to a friend a few weeks ago that was a bit turned off by it. But I think that's because it's Robert Plant. I think if that same record came out with anyone else, you know, someone who wasn't perhaps a Led Zeppelin fan and listened to it, they'd perhaps see it differently. I really like his work with Alison Krauss personally uh, and a lot of his solo work. Uh, but anyway, that's that's a, a different story. I've been listening to a lot of Led Zeppelin recently. I mean, my my origin with, with Led Zeppelin, I remember when I first heard them and I was at an impressionable age. I was probably... In fact, I can't even—I can't remember if I've told this story before. Maybe I told this story in episode zero when we introduced ourselves back at the beginning of of Superfancast. I'll assume I haven't, and and I'll tell you the story again. So I think I was probably about thirteen, fourteen. My dad had a—my dad had really good taste in music, but he was never that passionate about music. So he had this uh, cassette, sort of briefcase kind of thing that you that you kept cassettes in. And I got to that age where I was starting to discover music and, you know, I'd always been into music. I, I was lucky enough to have two parents that both had very, very, very different tastes in music, but they both had good taste in music, just coming from very different angles. And uh, so I was around decent music and good influences. And my, I was just at that age where I was starting to discover what I liked and dig deeper into it and, and really absorb myself in it. And I looked through my dad's tape, cassette, briefcase, whatever you call it. It was filled with lots of Led Zeppelin and uh, what else did he have in there? He had like uh, the Stooges a little bit. He had Yes, lots of Yes. He was a big Yes fan. Ted Nugent, The Who. Yeah, lots of The Who. Anyway, the, the Led Zepp stuff. I know he had like physical graffiti, Houses of the Holy, um, maybe Led Zeppelin 1, 2 or on cassette and... I'd taken uh, the song remains the same. I think it was. I'd taken that, and I had like a, a little Walkman, a Sonic the Hedgehog Walkman. <laughs> I'd taken that to school, and it was summertime. I was in. Uh, it was early, early years of high school, and it was summertime. It was beautiful, sunny weather. Lunch break. Me and a friend of mine, Chris. He, his name was also Chris. We went out into the into the field, uh, the school field sat down, put the Walkman in, chucked in um, the song remains the same uh, with the, you know, sharing sharing the earphones and it just blew us away. It just, yeah, totally blew us away. I may have heard Led Zeppelin before that, but perhaps I just was, I didn't really absorb it and I wasn't really at that point in my life where it was, it was going to do anything for me. And that time when I heard the song remains the same, I just, it was just the right time in my life to go, it hit me like a ton of bricks and, and realized, wow, this is this is something I need to dig much deeper into. And yeah, it, I'll never forget that. And the song, the song remains the same, is is still to this day my, my absolute favorite Led Zeppelin tune and you know, probably one of my favorite tunes ever. So yeah, I've been listening back to uh, the Led Zeppelin recently. 
maybe because I've just not been that inspired by anything new lately. So I'm just going back to what what works, the shoe that fits. I love Jimmy Page's playing style and his tone is so beautiful and iconic. His guitar tone is so so iconic. You know, you can hear it from a mile off. I think I think hearing Jimmy Page was probably the first guitarist that I really got into and and probably one of the first musicians even that I I really listened to his his input into the songs and I was listening out for his parts and yeah Robert Plant I mean I wanted to be Robert Plant when I was younger <laughs> he's just and his voice still still blows me away there's a lot I know there's a lot of naysayers out there and I know there's a lot of valid criticisms to be to be made about Led Zeppelin but sometimes it just doesn't sometimes the reasons that you love a band or you love a sound they don't have to make sense i can i can listen to a lot of criticisms of led zeppelin's work and almost agree with them but then you put the tracks on and um, they're still 10 out of 10 for me so i've also been listening to now this isn't a band this is this is a show that i've been listening to bbc6 music have killian murphy the actor killian murphy he does a show on bbc6 music late at night I mean, I think it's like midnight till two. Uh, I don't even know what day of the week it is. But anyway, you could you, you could listen to it on demand if you sign in. If you've got a BBC, what do you call it? iPlayer account or a BBC account and sign in and listen to it on demand. And I would strongly recommend it. So his show is called Limited Edition, I think. Limited Edition with Killian Murphy. The tagline says, a nocturnal playlist made to play after dark with music from all corners of Killian Murphy's record collection. It's so good. Uh, it's it's really, really good. I mean, a lot of these, uh, a lot of DJs these days, oh, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. So if we go back 20 years, go back 20, 30, 40 years, radio DJs were people who were super passionate about music. They dedicated their life to being a DJ, a radio DJ. Nowadays, a lot of stations you'll find, I mean, here in the UK, I could use Absolute Radio as a perfect example. But, you know, you look at things like BBC Six Music and you see names like Killian Murphy and you think, oh, OK, well, you know what they've gone and done? They've, they've taken a famous person and gone, hey, do you want to be a do you want to be a DJ on our radio station? Because that'll get listeners in. As I say, Absolute Radio here in the UK is a classic for that. Absolute Radio DJs are 90 percent comedians comedians that have had pretty solid careers in comedy and they go hey do you want to become a dj on the radio and the playlists are not curated by them the playlists are probably made by uh, an algorithm or predefined and the comedian just sits behind the mic and tells jokes in between the songs anyway killian murphy is not that it's a it's a real breath of fresh air and he's an absolute pleasure to listen to when it says music from all corners of Killian Murphy's record collection, that's not a lie. Like a lot of the music, if not all of the music, I, I don't know, you'd, you'd have to listen to it. But certainly a lot of the music he plays is stuff from his own record collection. And he's got a story behind it as to how he, how he obtained it. And every track that he plays, actually, even stuff that he doesn't necessarily have a story behind, he's got something interesting to say about it, why he chose it, why he likes it. And it's really insightful and he's got a fantastic ear for music and clearly a deep interest in in the music and the, the musicians and it's really nice to listen to and the music he's playing is okay so he does he does hit some classics here and there but the vast majority of it is is pretty obscure stuff 
it's really obscure stuff and and it has introduced me to a few artists that I would never have heard of otherwise it's very varied he's really varied in in the styles that he that he's playing take take a listen if you're in the UK I know you can just log in on on BBC if you're not in the UK just just google it see if you can find a way to get in I'm I'm not I'm not sure BBC 6 music Killian Murphy limited edition Now, we've spoken to all sorts of fans since we started this podcast, and we're going to speak to all sorts more. Does that make sense? We're going to speak to more types of fans. Some are nuttier than others, for sure. Most of the fans that we've had on on the show have not been complete nutters. We've had a few near misses. Oh, in fact, we had a near miss recently. After the Jeff Buckley episode, I got an email from a, from a, a woman. I won't name her. But she sent an email. She obviously saw an ad somewhere where we were looking for a Jeff Buckley superfan. And she'd responded to that, but she hadn't seen the episode yet. So she sent an email saying, a very nice email, saying, Hi, these are, these are the reasons why I'm a Jeff Buckley superfan. Would love to come on the podcast and, uh, and, and go through the superfan quiz. So I responded again very nicely saying unfortunately you're a bit too late that's yeah that ship has sailed here's a link to the episode please take a listen and let me know your thoughts so she sent an email back really angry saying that she tried to listen to it but clearly uh we hadn't we hadn't well she said i tried to listen to it but clearly we hadn't found a super fan so i don't know why they bothered releasing we bothered releasing the episode if we hadn't found the super fan yet you know she clearly hadn't listened to the end of the episode where we introduced where we speak to the super fan she said uh she couldn't get through the episode she fell asleep listening to it because it was so dull we didn't know anything about jeff buckley uh, and it was insulting you know the, the level of detail we'd gone into i replied and said thank you for your review <laughs> but it was just a bit odd like it's strange behavior i think she was just really i don't know just very angry that she didn't get to be picked so i'm sorry about that so i think we dodged a bullet there we dodged another bullet a few months ago in the sturgill simpson episode we we had a, a bit of a nutter get in touch with us and with faith no more this guy wasn't a nutter at all i i wouldn't call him a nutter but we had one super fan who unfortunately wasn't able to make it on the show, but he seemed to have an entire room of his house dedicated to Faith No More memorabilia, which is fantastic. But anyway, we we, we get lots of different fans. Some fans just love the music. Uh, I, I'm probably in, in that bucket. I'm a, a massive My Vitriol fan, but it's really, it's mostly just the music. Um, not I've, In fact, I don't have any My Vitriol memorabilia. Other fans, they want all the memorabilia. And, and other fans want the person themselves, which uh, I guess we'll we'll get into that. There's a few there's a few of those those nut jobs out there. And that last category, the, the the nut jobs, they are stans. And stan is not a term that I knew until you know until fairly recently. I think people had had been saying the term stan for a while before I picked up what it meant. I think the term stan came from came from stalker fan, but it basically just means like a a, a mega a mega fan so we're going to look at uh, a few of those from the from the nut job category because there's there's plenty of plenty of them out there and they come in all all sorts of, uh, of shapes and sizes some of them will will try and break in backstage so you know the musicians have to be have to be careful even backstage where they got security multiple levels of security and, and bodyguards and all sorts lady gaga found out back in 2010 all about this when a woman 
was stopped backstage on her way to Gaga's dressing room, she actually made it within meters of the dressing room before uh, someone before someone stopped her. But she'd gone to the effort of forging, apparently quite uh, quite well, forging security passes and documentation to get backstage and pretend she was a member of the backstage staff. She did bloody well, but in all seriousness, what a nutter. And it was even creepier for Miley Cyrus in 2013 when Miley arrived at her dressing room before a gig in Omaha, Nebraska. And there was a note from an admirer just sitting there on on the table in her dressing room. How creepy is that? And the note said, I snuck back here because I need to meet you. Your music has given me all the answers I was looking for when my heart got broke. Hmm? Should have been heart got broken, but there we go. We went through the same things, etc., etc. Now that's creepy and mm, not a great move. Not not a brilliant move. If you if you really want to meet her, don't leave a creepy note in her dressing room. But then our perp then tweeted Miley with a photo of her dressing room door, saying, "Oh, sorry." And I should say, tweeted Miley from a personal account with a photo of her dressing room door, saying, "I just snuck in here and left a note there for you." <laughs> And if that wasn't uh, if that wasn't enough, Brains then posted later. I don't know how much later it was, but uh, posted later saying, "I've just been arrested, so I missed your show." Hashtag heartbroken. <laughs> what a tool! Don't don't ever break backstage. Don't don't break in backstage. Just not a good move. Grimes actually talked about um, quite a scary moment of someone breaking in backstage. Grimes made a, a a passing comment to a reporter back in 2015. I, I read this in, a, in an article in 2015 that she returned to her dressing room after a show and a man was there waiting for her. He forced himself on her and then he ran off. Uh, she pushed him away and he, and he ran off and, and he couldn't be found again. And I'm sure she's not alone. I'm sure there's there's plenty of female and and male artists that that's happened to where someone's managed to break in, hide there for a bit and and then take advantage of the situation it's not that's not funny and uh yeah not all stands are going to be waiting for you in your dressing room though some are actually even scarier than that you know musicians get fan mail some musicians get a lot of fan mail some actually open their fan mail personally and some of them get really odd things received kesha kesha once received oh and actually i just remembered a kesha story actually okay i'm going to get to the, the kesha story i was about to tell you and i'm going to go on a short tangent where I was just talking before I started recording with the wife about somebody, uh, about a super fan who broke into somebody's house. And it reminded me of a story I read about Kesha, who once broke into Prince's house to give him a mixtape that she'd made. Anyway, Kesha once received a fan's tooth that she had sent in, in the mail. And weirdly enough, Kesha wasn't weirded out by that. And she outweirded them by then asking her fans for teeth. She received apparently over over a thousand teeth from her fans and she made from those teeth a bra and then she had more teeth. So she made a necklace, earrings and a headdress. I've seen the headdress. I haven't seen the others, but I, I wonder if, there's, if anyone's got pictures of the necklace, earrings or bra, send it through, please. Email it through to superfancast.outlook.com. I'd love to see that. I've seen the headdress because whilst promoting her 2012 album, Warrior, her second uh, studio album, Warrior, 
She posted a photo of her in the headdress. It looked very warrior. It was super creepy though. It's just a headdress made out of teeth, but it's pretty harmless. You know, receiving a tooth in the post is, it's weird. Don't get me wrong, it's super weird. And whoever sent that to tooth, the initial one, I wouldn't want to meet them, but it's pretty harmless. But what's not harmless is what Jared Leto from 30 Seconds to Mars apparently received in the post. He reckons, and I haven't seen a picture of this, he says he once got a human ear in the post. An ear, Van Gogh style. He wore it. That's <laughs> where it gets weird. I was just re- I was just reading, read the next sentence, and I'd forgotten what it said. But he uh, was also not weirded out by that apparently. So he punched a hole through it and wore it as a pendant. He posted this on his Instagram in 2013. Oh, sorry. He punched a hole through it and he wore it as a pendant. And apparently he posted it on his Instagram. Instagram back in 2013. But I can't. I guess if you follow. Jared Leto, you could scroll through his his Instagram way back to 2013. I don't know if there's a quick way to get back to 2013, but again, if someone has that kind of access and that kind of patience, please send a picture of it. I think I would like to see that. That's the that's the creepiest thing I've uh, I've read about being received in the post. The funniest thing I've seen going in the post is in 2014, a young man called Rodrigo Ruiz, who was an aspiring singer who looked up to Jennifer Lopez. He started sending pictures of his cock to her. <laughs> Why not? He kept on coming for a, for a while, and she didn't respond. And he was a he was a little bit peeved that she wasn't responding to his cock pics. So he sued her. <laughs> he sued J Lo for ten thousand dollars in damages. He said he had to get counselling after she failed to deliver on her promises to make him famous. So his story was in court. He said that J-Lo had told him to send pics, send uh, send cock pics, and in return, because because apparently J-Lo needs some randoms cock pics, that in return she will help him get famous. And because she didn't she didn't meet her end of the bargain, he was disturbed by it and had to get counselling to help his his mental state. He felt he was taken advantage of. So he sued her. Turns out it was all a load of bollocks. And the funniest thing is that he was not even sending it to her. He got the address wrong. He thought he was sending it to J-Lo. He was, in fact, just sending it to some 54-year-old woman in LA to her postbox. So for a number of months, this poor woman was receiving random cockpicks. Of course, there is one other story of someone nearly receiving something in the post, which is far scarier than, than any of those. And I think we we might have covered it a little bit. I don't think we went into great detail, but we might have covered it a little bit in episode seven, where we talked about Bjork. Ricardo Lopez was a nutcase from Uruguay who, at the time, this was 1996, he lived in Florida, and he was obsessed with Bjork. He was mega obsessed with her. And in 96, he read that Bjork was now dating Goldie, and he lost his shit. He thought she can't be with anyone but him. And because she's with someone else, she must die. And him. So he, so his logic was, if she's with someone else, I'll kill her, kill myself, and we'll be united in heaven, I guess. I guess that's his logic. Uh, maybe, maybe there was no logic. Maybe that's his problem. Ricardo wrote in his diary, I wasted eight months and she has a fucking lover. He began fantasizing about how he would punish Bjork. He used the word punish. So yeah, maybe I've got his, his, his motive wrong here, but... He used the word punish. 
He also wrote in his diary, I'm going to have to kill her. I'm going to send a package. I'm going to be sending her to hell. Oh, crikey. So they're not going to meet again in the afterlife if she goes to hell. So I don't know what his logic is then. Anyway, that was just his diary entries. The, the, the shocking thing is he actually did it. He sent a bomb filled with sulfuric acid to her home in London. He killed himself immediately after. So they, well, the quote I've got here says, so they could be united in heaven, but I'm doubting that now. Anyway, the amazing thing is, and I do think it is quite an amazing story. It's something straight out of you know, Bond or CSI or something. Four days after posting the bomb, and four days after shooting himself in the head, police were informed of a bad smell from his apartment. They arrived at the property, found his body, found his video diaries. And I don't know how long it then took them. I mean, they've just found a rotting body. Do, do you immediately chuck on his video diaries and, and take a look? I don't know. But assuming they did it the same day, they saw the video, his last his last video where he talked about, he'd, I've now posted the letter and he shoots himself. Uh, the the uh, Florida police, they contacted London Met Police, who somehow managed to intercept the package before it was delivered. And they safely detonated the, the bomb. Amazing, really. Uh, and so I don't know how many days between when he posted the letter, posted the bomb, to when they managed to intercept it. And how do you intercept a letter? What do, I mean, yeah, crazy. Bjork was really shaken up by it. She says she didn't sleep for weeks. She hired additional security. She got security for her son. She was really worried about the safety of her son. And I imagine it affected her outlook and perception of the world around her. It's very scary. It's terrifying to think that yeah, something like that could happen and, and in, in in your name. Anyway, to lighten the mood a little bit, who remembers the Drake Tattoo Girl? It was back in 2010, 2011, something, something like that. This was a girl. If you haven't seen her, just Google Drake Tattoo Girl. You'll, you'll find her. This was a girl who got Drake's name tattooed on her forehead and... There's nothing really artistic about it. It's like block capital letters, bold, just Drake. There's no clever font. It's just Drake. Can't stress that enough. It's massive. It's like half her face just says Drake. Anyway, Drake lost his shit about it. He said some horrible stuff online about the tattoo artist, about he should never have done this, and he calls himself a tattoo artist, yet he'll destroy someone's face like that. Uh, I think Drake was a little bit upset. Anyway, it, it all escalated because then the tattoo artist said something back and then Drake goes and visits the tattoo shop, but he doesn't go in. He sends his security guard in to threaten the tattoo artist. Yeah, so weird. Anyway, I googled this girl recently. I say recently. It's not something I do on a regular. I googled this girl in research for this show. I wanted to know how she was. Didn't find anything. People on Reddit suggested she probably just has a fringe now. <laughs> or bangs in the US. It's called bangs, isn't it? This makes sense. But it did... Oh, yes, the, the bangers thing, though. It did lead me down a, a bit of a rabbit hole about Zoe Deschanel. You know Zoe Deschanel, the actress? She's famously got, got bangs. And there's seems to be a whole Reddit sub-community of people who are convinced that Zoe Deschanel with bangs is not the same person as Zoe Deschanel without bangs. So there's... She, she went to the 2013 Met Gala with a different, very different hairstyle and makeup where she had her hair tied up. And, and I must admit that that pictures of her from the, the Met Gala 2013 do not look like her, but it is her. It's 100% her. Like this, I don't know what people are thinking, like she sent a body double who didn't look like... If you're going to send a body double, you send, you send one who looks like you. 
You don't send one who doesn't look like you. You just send some random from the street and say, hey, can you pretend you're me? Oh, anyway, there's all these people on Reddit that, <laughs> that think that that was not her and it's, it's some conspiracy or something. Reddit people are the best. And don't get me started on the ones that think Meghan Markle is a robot. Oh, I, I genuinely found that. I found that this week on Reddit. People that think Meghan Markle's not real. On the um, on the subject of tattoos, though, I saw one story of a fan tattoo that's a little bit more sane than getting a a Drake face. A Drake face? Getting Drake on your face. I saw Donny Osmond once met a woman with his face tattooed on her back, and it's a fairly large one too, but he wasn't weirded out by it like Drake. He didn't threaten anyone. He snapped a pic of it and, and posted it online. And in, in 2015... He posted a couple more pics, one one of a guy who shaved Donnie into his hair and another woman who had Donnie's name tattooed on her arm. So Donnie quite likes it. If you're going to augment your body in, in one way or another for an artist, do it for Donnie Osmond because Donnie laps it up. In 2019, the face tattoo, I said the, not the face, the tattoo of Donnie's face on the woman's back, it became a bit well known because Donnie was on The Masked Singer, the US version of The Masked Singer, I think, and one of the clues he gave was saying he has his face tattooed on a fan's back. And so then the internet just went crazy and and they found it. But you don't have to get tattooed to show your appreciation for an artist. So if you're worried that you're not really into that and that you still want to show your appreciation, do not fear. You don't have to get tattooed. The, The easiest thing to do without ruining your body or getting yourself killed or in jail is probably record a nutty video of yourself and post it to YouTube or I think TikTok is the new YouTube these days. Still trying to figure out what it does that YouTube can't do, but whatever. Because oh, that, that's the thing, isn't it? TikTok doesn't do anything that other things can't do. And, and that's what people said about, that's what I thought about Instagram when Instagram came out. What do you do on Instagram? You post pictures. We well, can do that on Facebook, can't you? You can post pictures on Facebook. So why, why would you separate that? Anyway, back in 2007, I'm sure everyone remembers Chris Crocker. I say that, but I, I mentioned Chris Crocker to the wife. And I explained the video in great detail and she didn't know what I was talking about. So maybe it was regional. Chris Crocker was, well, shot to fame in 2007 for a video on YouTube where he was crying under a blanket. He had, not a blanket, like a sheet. He held like a sheet over his head and cried into the camera asking us to leave Britney alone. For those, if you haven't seen the clip, you've you've got to see it. Just search for it now. Take a couple of minutes out from the podcast, search for it and have a look. It's quite long. It's probably about a minute and a half, two minutes long, I think, in, in total, where he's going into, um, you know, he, he's really quite passionate and very upset about the fact that people, you know, the press and people are attacking Britney and she's been through enough and we should all just leave her alone. It went viral with two million views in one day. Two million views in 2007 was massive. It was, it was insane, two million views. Anything over about a hundred thousand in 2007 was considered viral imagine now like a hundred thousand views on a youtube video now is not is, is not that insane and we've got we've got videos on youtube with billions but anyway you got two million views in one day it went mental crocker does claim though uh well real name isn't crocker real name is cunningham but Crocker does claim that this was a character he developed he says he wasn't a nutcase and he did this for the hits and to get get some attention on his channel. If that was his aim, then it worked because he then appeared on Jimmy Kimmel for one and a number of other talk shows. 
and we all remember it. But I'm not. I'm not. I mean, maybe maybe he he amped it up a little bit, but I think there was a lot of truth in it. Uh, it seems. Yeah. It, just watch it. It's it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. I, I don't know. So there we go. Just to just to summarize and clarify for people that we are for the fans. Super Fancast is made by the fans for the fans. We love talking to you all. But if you ever ever send any body parts to your favorite artists or try to kill them then we don't want to speak to you. You won't appear on a feature for Superfancast. We want to get you help. If, if you're thinking of sending body parts to anyone, seek help. Never try to break into an artist's dressing room. Just don't break the law. If, if it's against the law, don't do it. We do welcome fans with tattoos. That's always a favorite. I judge a fan whether they've got a tattoo or not. If you have a YouTube video of you crying, let me know. I will judge each one individually, but I'd like to see that. Don't get surgery. I saw a BTS fan in the paper this week that had spent 150 grand, this was in the US, $150,000 on surgery to look like his favorite BTS member. I don't know which member it was. If you're a BTS fan, I'm sorry, I don't know any of their names. But I can tell you that this particular fan did not look like anyone from BTS. It did not look like anyone from Korea, (laughs) actually. Just don't do it. Well, there we go. What a bunch of nutters. I thought it fitting in this episode also to focus a little more on the fan mail for Superfancast. I sometimes skip through this. In fact, I pretty much always skip through this a bit. Normally, because not because I don't like I mean, I love getting the fan mail. Um, fan mail. <laughs> that's, that's, that's talking it up a little bit. I love getting the feedback. Uh, and I know I spend a lot of time on each episode asking people for more feedback. And then I don't mention it. And that's normally because I'm disorganized and I forget to prepare it. So I'm really sorry about that. So I'm, I have I have managed to pull a, pull a couple of comments here. So I'll just go through a few. Hugo Kotu on Facebook listened. This is what this is what Hugo said, sorry. Listen to the Jeff Buckley episode. Really good podcast, man. We'll check out the other episodes. Thank you very much, Hugo. Uh, do check out the other episodes. I don't know if, the, if that's what people do. If, if you hear, because I know a lot of our fans, for example, the Jeff Buckley episode, we tend to promote that on fan groups. So it would have been posted on Jeff Buckley groups on Reddit, Facebook, Twitter. And so then you know a lot of the fan, a lot of the, the listeners for that particular episode will be Jeff Buckley fans. I wonder if many of them go back and listen to the to the, the, the back catalogue. But um, I was going to say, if, if you didn't, then please go and do that. But then if you're listening to this, it means you have continued to listen to the podcast. So... Not making any sense, am I? I'll move on. Nearly docked on Reddit. Not not their real name, I don't think. Nearly docked. If that's your, your Christian name, then your parents didn't like you. Nearly docked on Reddit said in response to the Jeff Buckley episode, I gave this a listen and good thing I wasn't on the podcast because I'd be a fraud most definitely. Well, that's good feedback, nearly docked. I'm happy with that because that's the point. I want the questions to be tough enough to, to weed out the, the real super fans. And you know, Joe, we had on on that episode. He was absolutely fantastic. I was I was really happy with 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 his effort there. But if everyone listening to the podcast can answer all five questions, then I then I need to get better at writing my questions. So I'm I'm, I'm glad you liked it, and I'm glad you you would have been a fraud. Uh, a longer one here. Thirsty more on Reddit said, "Great job on the Polvo episode." 
I especially liked the detail about today's Active Lifestyles album cover because I've seen several different variations of this album art through the years but did not know why. For some reason I liked the yellow cover absent of the tiger because it was the one I first acquainted uh, the one I was first acquainted with and it strikes me as most reminiscent of that period. I also enjoyed the conjecture that places Ash in or around Boston in the mid 90s although I'm not sure if the timing adds up. Thirsty Moore actually went on to to make a few other comments about Merge Records, about the the, the popularity of Merge Records, and and I think we'd you know we'd missed that a little bit um, in in our research, and yeah, so it, it was quite quite a long piece of feedback. So th- thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, my my speculation at, at whether whether Ash was was influenced by uh, Drop 19s was speculation at absolute best. There was not a lot of uh, fact behind it, and I was probably 100% wrong, but um, I'm glad you enjoyed my madman ranting. And with the with the album art, I, I totally get what you mean, that you know the yellow cover was, was your favourite because that's the one that you're most most familiar with. It's the same for me with, uh, you know, whatever you're, you're first acquainted with tends to be the one that is your comfort. And it's also about a period in your life as well. Like I was talking previously about, about Led Zeppelin. I think a lot of artists that I got into around my early to mid-teens, the album art for those records, also because you had the albums in those days. Nowadays, I don't, I don't collect records um, in, the, in the way that I did when I was a teenager, but because I had those records... Um, I, I would look at the art and I would really study it while listening to the music. It made a much more of an impression on me than than the artwork on an album does nowadays. So yeah, I totally get it. Thank you, thank you so much for that for that feedback. Um, as I say, that was a that was a real chunky one from from Thirsty More, and I appreciate the effort you've gone to. If you want to give us feedback on any of the episodes that you've heard, anything that I've said that I've got wrong that you want to pick me up on, or any suggestions for future episodes then please do get in touch on superfancast at outlook.com. I also want you to head over to Twitter now to superfancast1 and follow us. I want you to do the same on Facebook. And if you want to throw a couple of coins our way, you can go to patreon.com slash superfancast. Thank you so much for uh, joining me again for another interlude. I look forward to you joining me again in a couple of weeks for a new deep dive. I'm not going to tell you what band we're going to be looking at, although you may have already seen me mention it on Twitter. But if you haven't already seen me mention it on Twitter, we'll keep that a surprise. We're going to have a full-length episode in two weeks' time. Stay safe, everybody. Keep rocking. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.